Hi everyone, welcome to this, the second recording of our Wooden Overcoats live shows, which were recorded in front of a live audience uh, at the Horse and Stables in Waterloo. And these are very special, these recordings. They were the first time that any of us on the team, uh, any of the writers, any of the people involved in the show, actually got a chance to hear whether people were laughing. And for us, you know, that was that was extraordinary. We'd 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 pull this stuff together in a studio. We'd we'd done the read-throughs of the scripts, but this was the first time ever that an audience came in, sat down, and laughed at the gags. And you'll hear they really did laugh at some of the gags. Now these are these are very unique shows. They're a very different experience to what you hear on the podcast, and a very wonderful thing for that. Uh, and we wanted to capture those for ourselves. And we did that by putting a little microphone at the front of the stage uh, so we could hear them back for our own enjoyment. And we've been able to go over these and listen back to those little uh, recordings that we just made for ourselves so we can present them to you guys. And I hope you have a wonderful time uh, listening to this very one-off version of the show. Uh, But without me saying any more... Here's our master of ceremonies and the head writer of the series, uh, Mr. David K. Barnes. Welcome back. Good evening and how dare you. This is Wooden Overcoats, the most amusing, the most exciting, the most heartbreaking audio sitcom about the funerary practice there has ever been so far. On behalf of the production team, thank you, and we do apologise. <laughs> it's been a very nice few couple of weeks since we last did a live show in this very same place. We've now had more listeners, more downloads, more fuss, and lately we have had the very first piece of erotic fan fiction <laughs> <laughs> written by somebody not on the production team. Do you think so? <laughs> and here is a little game for you to play here this evening. This if you like to entertain our audiences. Try to, guess, try to guess, if you can, which two characters and wooden overcoats were paired together in an erotic short story. <laughs> Keep your mind occupied over the course of the evening, and here's a little clue in advance. It's not the people you expected, unless, of course, it is. <laughs> wooden Overcoats is the world's, as far as we're aware, the world's very first online podcast sitcom. It is an eight episodes. You can download an episode every Thursday from iTunes or your preferred podcast client. Or you can also get it from our website, www.woodenovercoats.com. It's a very exciting programme with an enormous scale. We had at least 25 actors, a production team of over 50 people, and all the music in the series that you may have heard already and you shall certainly hear later on this evening was specially composed for the show itself by James Whittle and the ten members of the piffling Philharmonic. (laughs) Nowadays, in the world of the internet, the information superhighway, if you will, you can download the show and listen to it wherever you want. You can listen to it in the library, under the sea, in a hotel room, anywhere you like. But there's one place you don't need to listen to this sitcom, and that is here in the room tonight. <laughs> because we are going to give you not one, not three, not four, but two episodes of Wooden Overcoats performed unnervingly live in front of you. It's a very, very dangerous thing to do, but we have an experienced, crack team of professional actors to do it for you. We have our regular quintet, the beatific Felix Trench, the brilliant Beth Air, the breathtaking Kira Baxendale, and Tom Crowley. And with them, thank you, and with them, which we also have uh, uh, the action narrated, and everyone kept in line by the cruel taskmaster, Eddie Dickens, and we do have the passionate fire of Andy Seacombe. 
the killer instinct of Freya Parker, and it's ready and rogue reprobate that you could still take home to your mother, and she'd be very happy for it, Mr. Kieran Hodson. Could you welcome all eight of them to the stage, right? <laughs> Cinema, whose single screen is tended to by the assiduous 
Herbert Cough. Come on, come on, where are you? Surely she hasn't forgotten. Oh, Miss Fun. Herbert. Thank goodness, I was worried we'd have to cancel the showing. I got held up at the mortuary. I had to put Mr. Allerton's head back together after his accident this evening. <laughs> Nasty. Just a minute, Miss Fun, you look different somehow. What? Oh, of course. Are you wearing new nail polish? I'm not wearing my outdoor survival suit anymore. Yes, that's it. <laughs> and I'm wearing new nail polish. I thought there was something less astronauty about you tonight. Yes. <laughs> you know, you look a little like my late wife. Yes, I know, I embalmed her. Oh, <laughs> well, in that case, you probably knew her better than I did. <laughs> Just being near it was enough. Can I go in now? Oh, God, yes, no, excuse me. <laughs> Trip down memory lane there. It's a good one this week. About a young couple, Serge and Claudette. There's no plot to speak of, but a lot of really tragic things happens to them over the 190 minutes. Perfect. Oh, I knew it'd be up your alley. Oh, most fun, what would the Thursday night French New Wave Club be without you? <laughs> Cancelled, you said? Exactly. <laughs> You're the only one who ever turns up. <sighs> Yes. Here's your ticket. Oh, I'd better go and put on the film. 1962. La Grande Tendresse. Igmar Bergen called it needlessly sombre. <laughs> enjoy yourself. Don't you start. Sorry? Anyway, you're not supposed to enjoy good cinema, Herbert. You're supposed to survive it. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, um, well, good luck, I suppose. You know the way? Yes. Good evening, Miss Fun. Did you have a nice day at work? No, not really. Spend the whole day gluing slices of somebody's head back together. Well, that's a shame. Sit wherever you like. Oh, thanks. Wait. Let me just tear your ticket. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> thanks for coming to the Pippin Royale Cinema. Our main feature should be starting in... job or their memory or something. Kill their husband, lose their clothes at least. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Somebody's gone to a tanning salon. Gosh, they're going for it. At least, I think they are. The cameraman can at least widen the shot a little bit or we can see his lips and eyebrows writhing around. When you look at me like that, you give me tingles in all sorts of private areas. <laughs> oh, God, I'm hallucinating. Fansodic-tastic. Kiss me. Kiss me, Antigone. Well, I suppose it could be my fatigue, or the looking at brains all day, or... Um... Oh, Eric! What? <laughs> Eric, touch me on the body with your hands. What? <laughs> just on the normal places. All over the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's pleasure, Antigone. 
I hope that is not a shadow end. Less talking, Chapman, more touching. <laughs> right, right, I see, right, this is just filth. Antigone, <laughs> your hair is greasy and lank, but I still want to put bits of it into my mouth. <laughs> this, is, this is obscene, absolutely obscene. Oh, Alec, look at what my nipples are doing. <laughs> right, that does it. I refuse to watch this disgusting prairie and smack for a moment longer. Half an hour later, <laughs> Antigone stormed out of the auditorium. Miss Fun! That's my way going home now. Oh, oh wait, Miss Fun, whatever's the matter? Herbert, I come here every Thursday to see an obscure, arty film, not a parade of sweaty, kinky wriggling. But the sex scene finished 25 minutes ago. Did it? I mean, yes, I know, but once it's down to the memory, you can't possibly remember anything else, can you? I mean, I can't, and I tried very hard. Really, you can't say I didn't today. Shut up! <laughs> Insane. Good. Keep doing that. Bye. Yeah, but, but, but it's fun. It, it, it gets much more depressing later on. At the end, they drive off a cliff and crash into a cruise liner. I think it's a comment on de Gaulle's foreign policy. It's ruined. <laughs> Sorry. Well, at least let me put something else on for you. What else have we got? Um, a Rio Bravo? Or Floella Benjamin's spooky Dracula Tales for the Under Five? Good night, Herbert. Maybe next week. And, no, wait, wait. I, I can't bear to seem disappointed. Look. I'm getting the new batch of reels tomorrow morning. They're delivering next week's Thursday night French feature. We'll put it on tomorrow night instead. Tomorrow? Yes. But tomorrow's Friday. I know. But I don't go out on Friday. I go out on Thursday. Yes, but you could go out on Friday just this once. I don't understand. <laughs> Some people leave the house more than once a week. I'm sorry, you're just not making any sense. <laughs> Just come back tomorrow night. You're one of my most valued customers. A special advanced screening for you. For me? Yes. I thought it'd be nice. You're doing a nice thing for me. Well, trying to. <sighs> Nobody's ever done a nice thing for me before. I mean, father gave me an extra sprout at dinner one Christmas. Now, wait a minute. Miss Bloom said that you and that Eric Chapman were getting on like a house on fire at her flower stand last week. I think you'll find Mr. Chapman means nothing to me and I mean nothing to him. Miss Fun? Yes? You've torn off my lapels. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, you better have them back. Look, Miss Fun, why don't you come back tomorrow and relax with the French film? Please. On the house. It's called La Petite Mort. Bound to be tremendously brilliant. <laughs> it does sound promising. Yes. Yes, I, I need a change, Herbert. I would like to come to the cinema tomorrow, on Friday, to watch a film. Terrific! And thank you, Herbert. My pleasure, that's fine. And it's wonderful to see you out of that survival suit. Oh, yes, well, that's a very, very long story. I heard Chapman gave you some tablets. Yes. <laughs> what a guy. Oh, I wish I were more like him. Then maybe my, my wife wouldn't have flinched at my meal's time. Good night, Herbert. <laughs> oh, yes, let's see you tomorrow. And Antigone went home, flustered and exhilarated. But the next morning at fun funerals revealed that she wasn't the only person changing their routine.
Morning, sir. Georgie! <laughs> you look kind of great. It's because I am. I know it's raining, but don't worry, I'll dry off. That's how science works. Georgie, it is quarter past eight. You're supposed to be through the door, ready to work at eight o'clock sharp. Oh, well, I took a detour to the cafe. They've just done it all. I've got a latte and up the syrup in it. Hmm. As you're late. Yeah. Sorry. Now look here. This is a business. Yeah. I was hoping that phrase would fill you with guilt. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Sorry, did you want a coffee? No, I did not want a coffee. <laughs> I wanted order. Obedience. Professions. Coffee will be easier. Just stick the kettle on and make me a cup of tea. Sugar? No, Georgie, this isn't a brothel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're still in my life, are you? Oh, well, look what the cat dug up. On earth were you last night? I was at the cinema. What on earth made you suddenly go there? She goes every Thursday. No, she doesn't. Yes, I do, Roger. I go to the cinema every Thursday night. I have gone to the cinema every Thursday night for the last 70 years. <laughs> yes. Why have you never told me? I have. Every time I go, you just never listen. I never listen? No! That doesn't sound anything like it. You are feeling well, aren't you? Whenever I have to look at you. Good. Because I need you on full alert right now. I think Georgie is showing signs of uh, rebellion. Rebellion? Just a quarter of an hour late this morning. Says it's to get something called a latte. Lately, just a cover to mask a streak of dissident behaviour. So, how many other acts of sedition has she perpetrated? Well, none. But I'll be keeping my eyes open for them. I think she's picking up bad habits from uh, a certain someone. You don't mean yeah. Madeline? <laughs> Not her. I, I meant. Morning, Rudyard. What a beautiful day. Chapman. <laughs> Thought I'd pop over. Bit of a loose end. Can't open till the workmen are finished putting up the solar panels. Solar panels? Oh, well, it's so sunny around here all the time. I thought I'd go green and save on the electric bills. I'm surprised you haven't done the same. Well, Antigone doesn't like the sun, do you, Antigone? But she's not here. Hello. Ah! Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, it's my fault. You just blend in with the hat stand. Anyway. <laughs> I did have a reason for coming over. Industrial espionage. Come to steal our client list, have you? Pinch a few hot leads. What would be the point in that? If you've got their details, you've already buried them. I can't bury them again. Bet you wish I could. That's when you're exposed forearms. Yes, okay. Anyway, I've got his revenge, isn't it? There's floral reads. It was a fix. Never touched them. I know. The wires were chewed through by a mouse, and you couldn't train a mouse to do that, could you? Shut up, man, though. <laughs> <laughs> truth be told, I wanted to have a word with, uh, with Georgie. George, tease up Rudyard, milk, not sugar. Milk! I'm not made of money! Oh, <laughs> oh hi, Eric. Hi! Uh, yes. Oh, I say that again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Rudyard, as I, as I said, just wanted a quick, quick, uh, quick word with Georgie. <laughs> Go on, then. That's yours. <laughs> I was hoping we could uh, speak in private. It's a word tell you, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right then, Georgie, I, I noticed this morning they've done up that cafe by the cliffs. Yeah, got a latte there. Oh, you've been? Practically there all morning. Shut it up, Rudyard. Oh, is it good? Not bad. Would you like to go again? Yeah, I imagine I will at some point. Yes, more specifically, uh, <laughs> would you like to go again the, this evening with me? Uh, we can get to know each other a bit better, away from all the dead bodies and that. Well, I am great at getting to know people. When should I pick you up? Uh, you're not going. Why not? It's the Allerton funeral this evening. 
And after that accident he had with the ceiling fan, I need every hand on deck to keep his head together. So would you go into the motion that you'd have never accepted it if you weren't so desperate? <laughs> what a joke. I explicitly <laughs> told you it was going to be a very, very tricky job requiring skilled dexterity and more than one set of hands. What you said? No, so bearing that in mind, and at the end of the day when all is said and done, you simply must agree. Roger, I'll let her go, for heaven's sake. Oh. Uh, thanks, Antigone. See you at five. See you at five. Enjoy yourselves. <laughs> Antigone? What was that about? Georgina, go outside and build a coffin for Mr. Allison. It doesn't have to be a big one. There isn't much of him left. Sure. <laughs> Look, I just wanted to say... Just do it. Yep. Antigone, you undermined me. In front of Chapman. Oh, get over yourself, Roger. He's trying to steal Georgie away from us. Assimilate her into his corporate Chapmanic hive mind and pay her above minimum wage and combine They're going on a date, you cretin. That's what he wants us to think. I told you he's been poisoning her against us. This is the next thing. That's fine. What have you said? You'll have to do the Allerton funeral tonight. I mean, never normally do the funeral directing, what with your whole staying in the cellar thing. Roger, I'm going out tonight. You went out last night. Yes, and I'm going out again tonight. But you, you always go out on Thursday, apparently. Tough. <laughs> now I'm going on Friday too. Well, someone has to go and keep an eye on Georgie and Chad. I don't care, and if you'll excuse me, I've got a head to stick together. Sometimes I think I'm never going to understand women. Go there, present company excluded, man. <laughs> hmm. You like to get out and about, don't you? Wee! Would you like to go out for the evening? I accepted, of course. <laughs> Any opportunity to get new material for my memoirs of a funeral house mouse by six for Christmas was okay by me. However, I hadn't realised I was going to have to wear a two-way radio so that I could follow Eric and Georgie to the Sharp Drop Cafe while Rudyard listened in during the funeral. In this life, you never think it will happen to you, do you? Especially when it is ill-advisedly leaping up onto a settee after winning 20 pounds on the Euro Millions and getting caught in the blade of the ceiling fan. <laughs> I've always liked Chris. They've got that sense of the dramatic about them, don't they? No. No, come back. I'm not going anywhere. What? No, not your reference. Have you finished? We only started two minutes ago. I'm in a hurry. Sorry, there's a fair whack left. Mr. Allerton was a Catholic. I had to look up all the God's stuff. Well, couldn't you speed it up? Nobody's listening to you. They're all just staring at the body. Yes. Considering how he died, I thought an open casket was a bit of gas. <laughs> Dreadful way to go, but still, 20 quid? Mm, no wonder he was excited. And Antigone has done an incredible job putting his face back together. Uh, almost too incredible, isn't it? I don't remember Mr. Allerton looking that handsome. <laughs> yes, I, I see what you mean. Doesn't even really look like him, does he? He looks rather more like him. Sure, I can't tempt you with a cannoli. Cannoli? No, thanks. 
Wait, no, I'm in a chapel. Sorry, Reverend. Sorry, everyone. Gotta go. Urgent time to take a business. Oh, uh, right. Well, um, any questions? <laughs> Who gets the 20 quid then? <laughs> Whilst Rudyard sped to the cafe and the Reverend began the auction for Mr. Allerton's 20 pounds, Antigone was closing up fun funerals before her unprecedented Friday night cinema trip. Come on, Antigone. Friday night film. Herbert said it was hellishly depressing, so you know it's worth going. But the cinema is all the way over there, and home is right here, and I could just go back indoors, and I mean, next Thursday isn't too far away, really. Hello there, Antigone. Oh, gosh, hello. Locking up, are we? Um, yes, Miss Scribble. Going out then, are you, dear? I might do, maybe, possibly. Oh, that's a good idea. Is it? Mm. <laughs> because I've often thought you need to get out more. <laughs> what? I'll often stop for a second while I'm doing the laundry or grabbing a bath and I'll... Think... Please don't think about me in the bath. And I'll... <laughs> oh, Dotty, I wonder what that Antigone fun's up to. And I'll think about it. And I'll always assume it's something to do with dusting or spiders. What is it you think I do? And it's a shame because you could be a very good looking young woman if you made a bit more of yourself. Thank you. Now I really need to get going. There's plenty of nice single men on Piffin, and a lot of them are really quite desperate. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, you'd better not hang around here, then.
Isn't it a bit dangerous building a cafe right on top of the cliffs? Been here for ages, I heard. First it was the cliffside cafe, and then it were cliff books until the lawsuit, and now... The sharp drop. Mind you, I once had to go to a monastery in the Paneers Valley, north of Kalambarka, and that was on top of a mountain 400 metres high. Why'd you go there? Oh, just uh, seeing an old friend, running a few errands. Long time ago. <laughs> you always do that. What? Sorry? Every time you talk about your life before Piffling, you look off into the middle distance and trail off. <laughs> no, I don't. What did you watch on telly last night? A documentary on figs. Where were you born? Oh, well, quite far away. <laughs> Long time ago. You did it again. Oh, I'm sorry, Georgie. I just don't like talking about myself. Anyway, it's a boring subject. Let's talk about you. No, let's talk about him. Madden, get closer. Well, hello there, Mr. Fun. What can Hetty do for you? Like a bit of Chino prepared the real Australian wine? <laughs> no, no one needs to know. Look here. Uh, I thought not. <laughs> Last time you came in here was to steal a napkin and scour my scones. Well, the place is very different then. So are you. Stop doing that silly accent, Harry. It's, it's, it's Hetty. A what silly accent? <laughs> Peeps, buns, a didgeridoo. That's what I'm talking about. Stroth, Matt. I wasn't struggling. Colm and I'm punching a wombat in Tuvalu. Tuvalu is an entirely different country. Okay, you got me good thinking. You might shut. People don't trust a cafe these days unless there's Australians in it. You put me out of business. Ridiculous, we're in the English Channel. And my tea tastes of books. It's a bush. Rubbish. We've got half of the walls, the sandwiches are thicker, my doilies have become ironic, deal with it. Now shut up and drink your books. Are you spying on my patrons? No. If I can get you anything, George, you just let me know. Shipping forecast is much more affectionate these days. I've got my eye on you. You know, Georgie, stop me if I'm getting personal. But I'm surprised you're still here. I haven't finished my Chino. No, I mean, here on the island, working in a tiny funeral parlour when you could be out seeing the world, that kind of thing. Nah, it's a job. And I look after me nana. Oh, family commitments, say no more. I had to make sacrifices for family. Long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> look, Jeanette, pass over the sugar. Here you are. Uh oh, wonder it. Watch out, you nearly. Madeline. Who? Magda. What are you doing? <laughs> now don't pick it up. Relax, it's just... Madeline, what the hell are you wearing? Abort! Madeline, abort! <laughs> Roger, is that you? No. <laughs> you go, Madeline Scarper. Where, where are you going? Madeline, come back. Oh, Jerry, it was so good of you to ask me here for coffee. Yes, it was. <laughs> um, you sound very... Oh my god, Jerry, is there a mouse? Well, I'll just look on the floor and... Oh my god! Oh! It's not... No need to be alarmed! Look, it's back! It's a cyborg mouse! There's an investigation. We'll all be killed! Oh, but he's one of them! Run! Yes. 
Do you know what it's like to be smacked in the head with a didgeridoo? Well, of course I don't, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Hetty Mayo, nay, Harriet Marriott, set about Rudyard Farm with a traditional musical instrument from her adopted homeland. <laughs> Meanwhile, Antigone had finally arrived at the Piffling Royale for her second night out of the week. It was fun. You did come after all. Yes, indeed, quite well. The spell of every dismal. La petite mort? Oh, don't worry. It's caused more suicides than any film ever made. Even more than Nutty Professor 3. <laughs> the Trumps take Dubai. What's it about? Well, I couldn't tell you. But my kids burst into tears just seeing the title card. Smashing. Naturally, my kids were adopted. I'm not going now. <laughs> oh, of course, yes. Um, oh, I'm going to stick it on. It's our biggest selling new wave club ever. What? Yes, four and a half tickets. We should have always had these on a Friday night. Oh, fantastic. People. <sighs> Friday night. A film on Friday night. The BBFC has deemed this film to be dangerously depressing. If you are of a sensitive or nervous disposition, are pregnant or operating heavy machinery, <laughs> please cease watching this film immediately. Heavenly. Quite the fan. Are you? Nah. I do a lot of hanging around. How do you mean? 
Well, it's mostly just attractive people looking sadly at things. <laughs> Look, she's looking sadly at that vase. Now she's looking sadly at that gramophone player. Now she's looking sadly at that naked man. What we'd have to say, you don't want. No, no, there might be a car chase or a fight at some point. Well, she does look very sad at that naked man. <laughs> Maybe she'll hit him. <laughs> That'd be funny. Shh. Oh, sorry. Can you just stop shushing them? It goes double for you. Getting on pretty well, aren't they? Good for them. <coughs> sort of benefits, do you think he offers? Discounts? <coughs> Private health care? Maybe he doesn't ruin every waking moment of his employee's life. <laughs> <laughs> Eric? Uh, yes, Georgie? You're holding my hand. Oh, gosh. Shh. <laughs> it's a very sad film. I thought maybe you'd uh, like some comfort. Do you mind me holding your hand? Fine. I can stop if you'd rather. Speak yourself. Fine. Yes, yeah. talk about Madeline, don't move! That's probably going for the kill. Now I'll offer a pension plan. That's it! I can't take any more of this! Yes, the acting is very hammy. Not that this! You and them! But just go home, for goodness sake! You don't go out on a Friday anyway. Oh, maybe I should. No! No! This is my night out! Could you give it down a bit back there? Oh, shut up! Better. <laughs> This is my treat. I'm a normal person with a normal life, and I deserve treats in the name of sanity. So, I'm sorry, I've tried asking, but no. Antigone. Yes, hello. <laughs> Your cinema night is Thursday. Georgina, my cinema night is any night I bloody well choose, and Rajad, stop sneaking off. Rajad? Oh, no. <laughs> what do you think you're doing? Nothing at all. You mean you're not watching the film? No. I, I mean... <laughs> okay. What's happened so far? Um, Nothing. Okay. Your story checks out. Who's <laughs> <laughs> spying on us? Wee! Oh, well, lucky him, Madeline again. Wee! Madeline? What a terrible shock. How good. Oh, give it a rest. Look, what's going on here? Did you have to come here just to listen in on conversations? I was here to watch a film, so stop looking at me with those severe, inviting eyes. Sorry? <laughs> <laughs> just explain yourself. Georgie, I know what he's up to. The minute, Chapman, enticing a poor, impressionable young girl into your star thruster. I am not impressionable. Where's love? Excuse me. What? Nothing? Could you repeat what you just said? No, Georgie, really, nothing. Shall we just uh, get back to Oh, I'm sorry, Eric. You look sad. Maybe I should hold your hand for comfort. Don't do it, it's a trap. But out of this, Rajad. You can't say that. Thank you. But out of this, Rajad. You know what? This was a funny experiment and everything, but I think I'm done here. No, sure, French films aren't for I you. I didn't mean the film. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I think we're all getting a bit worked up over nothing here. God, now it's being reasonable. Well, maybe I should just push her around like everybody else does, Excuse don't Excuse me, you can't speak to her like that. Oh, well, who the bloody hell can I speak to and how exactly would you like me to do it? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Two unicycles collided. <laughs> right, in the name of Christ, can anybody not watching the film just piss off and leave me alone? Why not? No one will be wondering where I am anyway. Oh, good point, I'll walk you home. Eric, I think the date is over now, eh? Wait, Georgie, I... You know what? It's... no, it's... It's no big deal. We're good. We're good. Antigone? Rajad? <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the film.
Did Georgia just say date? See, I told you. <laughs> so Chapman really does fancy Georgia. Looks like it, doesn't it? Perfect. What? Mm -hmm. Well, if Georgie can be Chapman's little gal pal, then she'll be the perfect mole in the operation. Yes. We could save their evening. Quick, let's get after them. Herbert! Uh, don't worry, Miss Bunn, I'm here. Herbert, my brother is trying to pirate this film. What? See? <laughs> He's recording it with a robotic mouse. <laughs> no, I've been framed. Mr. Fun, it's people like you that are killing off independent cinemas. Bleeding Friday night crowds. <laughs> I won't hear another word. Out you go. Antigone, I don't blame you for being mad. I blame Jet And stay out. I can't apologise enough, Miss Fun. Not your fault. Would you like me to sit with you for a bit? I'll be fine. I'm just going to enjoy the film. Okay. Right, you are, Miss Fun. I'll limp back to the projector room. If you ever feel at all lonely, you can just knock on the door. <sighs> okay, here we are. You've worked bloody hard for this, Antigone. And whatever happens, you're going to watch this film to the end. Oh, my chef. Tu m'as sauvé la vie. Je t'aime, je t'aime. Ah, yes, you must have pulled him from the wreckage of that unicycle disaster. <laughs> oh, Eric! Oh, not again. You are all I care about, my little horse radish. Did you really mean all those things you said by the Eric? Oh, right, Antigone. Time to strap yourself in. Well, you are the only woman for me, Georgie. What? Georgie, I cannot resist you when you have that look in your eye. No, make love to me, Eric. Right here in the back of this Citroen. No! <laughs> Georgie! Oh, Eric! Oh. oh, God! Despite his best attempts, Herbert Koff never did manage to persuade Antigone to come back on a Friday night. She reverted to her Thursday night schedule, except from now on, she wore headphones and she never read the subtitles. <laughs> and to be honest, it was never really as much fun. <laughs> The Little Death was written by Tom Crowley and was performed tonight by Felix Trench as Rudyard, Beth Eyre as Antigone, Tom Crowley as Eric, Kira Baxendale as Georgie, Annie Dickens as Madeline and Miss Scruple, Andy Seacombe as Reverend Waring and Herbert Koff, Freya Parker as Hetty, and Kieran Hodgson as the Sexy Frenchman. <laughs> the script was edited by David K. Barnes and the programme, which was absolutely live, was directed and produced by Andy Goddard and John Wakefield! <laughs> seconds ago unleashed a wild, feral, untamed interval. <laughs> it's at least 20 minutes long, and I've heard it is dangerously, dangerously relaxing. So if you'd like, you can go downstairs and experience it for yourself, get yourself a drink, buy another one, buy another one, get your friend a drink as well, go to the toilet, they won't judge you, you'll judge yourselves. We'll see you in 20 minutes, thank you very much. <laughs>
Jeremiah, we have so much in common, let's go out. And the next episode, oh, there's no, no one's interested. So the next episode is written by myself, and I thought, well, didn't that first half go so well that perhaps I will quit while I'm ahead and go home, but I was stopped. And so here we are, to episode four, which is called, as Mr. Perhaps said, Tempting Fate. It is about Rudyard Fun, charge of a village fate. So there's a you may not have noticed, sorry, I'll go for it. It's a little pun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a title, title you know, just a little play on. A play on. Don't, don't, don't worry, you can think about it later, because if we said later, you can laugh then. So anyway, we have said goodbye, so we have said goodbye to uh, uh, Kieran Hodson and to Freya Parker. But don't worry, because Johnny is... Yeah, yeah, go on. Oh. It's so lovely. Oh. They're not here, but, you know, yeah, we'll tell them. But we've on stage, we now have the Lord of the Dance, Celeste Ring. And everybody's favourite, girl next door, Pip Gladman. Would you please put your hands together for them at episode four of Wooden Overcoats. Rudyard Fun runs a funeral home in the village of Piffling Vale. It used to be the only one. It isn't anymore. Yet Rudyard remains an important man with a seat on the village council, and being there for 11 years has been a constant source of pride. But nothing lasts forever, especially if your name is Rudyard Fun. Wooden Overcoats by David K. Barnes, episode four, Tempting Fate. Though the public are invited, I'm the only one who ever turns up. And being a mouse means I'm not allowed to vote. Though I do get to nibble on the custard creams. This particular session was lent a certain energy by the chairman, Mayor Desmond Desmond. He had been right honourable until he realised he just made it up. <laughs> Marjorie, could you <clears throat> take the council roll call? Certainly, Mr. Chairman, Reverend Nigel Wavering. Present. Lady Vivian Templer. Hello. <laughs> and Mr. Rajad Funt. Rajad Funt. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes. I've got Funt written here. Now, we've been over this for 11 years. What does that look like, Reverend? Uh, Rudyard Funt, I'd say. <laughs> I can only read what I've got written. Councillor Fun, the Fun, the Fun, Councillor Fun. Fellow councillors, we cannot ignore that recent events have dealt us a tragic blow. Our venerable vice chairman, Mr. Basil Corbett, has been sadly taken from us in uh, unforeseen circumstances. But he died knowing that we would continue his great work for Piffling Vale. Yeah, yeah. In, fact, <laughs> in fact, the venerable vice chairman, Mr. Basil Corbett, had died at the bottom of a 60-foot mine shaft, where he'd been fatally knocked down by a cyclist. <laughs> Nevertheless, the councillors looked suitably solemn. That dear, sweet little man. I'm sure his spirit is at rest in heaven. 
if it exists. <laughs> then there's a 50-50 chance of that. <laughs> this does, of course, leave open the position of vice chairman of this council, but I'm sure that can wait until... Oh, oh, oh. <clears throat> Councillor Funt. Funt. <laughs> well, surely you're tied up with Funt funerals, are you not? Funt funerals. We're uh, not quite as busy as we used to be. Though we will be carrying out Basil Corbett's funeral on Wednesday, so, you know, pop that in your diaries. There'll be nipples. Ooh. Do you have Bombay Nicks? Afraid not. Oh, yes, well, um, I'll see what I'm doing that day. <laughs> well, now, in honour of Basil's demise, I have strengthened my resolve towards transforming our dear little village into a dear little town. After all, a community must build towards a, a brighter future. And we can't allow ourselves to stagnate, to, 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 to scrabble in the dust like animals. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, I'll throw that open. Uh, any, any ideas, uh, Lady Templar? Uh, perhaps we need some more attractions. The aquarium was a big success. It's only got eight fish. Six of them are dead. <laughs> it's still a smashing day out. Great fun for the children. The other day I bought a wind-up crab. <laughs> How about helping small businesses? For instance, there's our mobile phone coverage. What about it? It'd be nice to have some. We do have some. Only on one specific part of the island. Yes, my bathroom. <laughs> the queues are getting ridiculous. <laughs> Can we improve our communications network, Lady Templar? Not without a great deal more money, Mr. Chairman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Reverend Wavering, uh, how are we doing on that front? Uh, well, pretty good whip round last Sunday, actually. Someone popped in a five pound note. A whole five Did I know about this, Marjorie? He wrote you a letter, Mr. Chairman. Ah, yes. Well, I'm afraid I don't always read everything I'm given. I'm usually kept very busy. <clears throat> like opening new funeral homes. Well, exactly. Yes. Show him in, Marjorie. Yes, sir. What an unexpected treat this is. You seem to have snapped your pencil, Rudyard. Sorry, it's possible. Morning, everyone. Eric! <laughs> it's great to see you. Always a pleasure, Desmond. Rudyard? The infamous Lady Templar. I'd say! <laughs> and Reverend. Is that the eye shadow? He noticed. <laughs> Marjorie tells me you're here about another extension to your premises. Oh, we're getting so many people through the door, our waiting room can't contain them. <laughs> that was my pencil. <laughs> and I thought what this funeral home really needs is a cafe. A drink, sandwiches, that sort of thing. Uh, maybe a chocolate fountain. Ooh, <laughs> delicious. <laughs> Any objection? Well, I hate to point it out, but we do already have a cafe. It closed down last week. What? Why? Something to do with a cyborg mouse infestation. Yeah. How utterly awful. It was one mouse. I don't know anything about it. Right. <laughs> All those in favour of Mr Chapman extending his premises to include a cafe say aye. Aye. All opposed. Well, I mean, opposed is a strong word. Done. Carried unanimously. <laughs> That was a table leg, Rudyard. Yeah. <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> Thank you, everyone. Your first coffee's on me. 
Part ten strong. Always Lady Templar. <laughs> anyway, I'd better be off. We to take. You're full of ideas. We we want to expand our village, you know, attract newcomers. Any thoughts on that? What made you want to move here, Chatham? Well, that's what I'd like to know. Well, it, it all started. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Problem, I'd say you should rally the community and get people excited about piffling, an event, a celebration. Oh, well, that sounds expensive. Yeah, don't forget about the five pound note, Mr. Chairman. Oh, yes. <laughs> a bit of glitz and glamour, something to remember. Bring everyone together and carve out a real sense of identity. Well, we already have a sense of identity. It's miserable and it works. <laughs> what about a face? Exactly! <laughs> a what? <laughs> Stalls, games, rustic dancing. You're a village, you must throw the odd fate. His mad, we should deport him. <laughs> there hasn't been a fate in Piffling Vale for 11 years. Astonishing. Who's in charge of local events? Rudyard. Ah. Of course, I thought of doing a fate this year, but you know, that money could be put towards the upkeep of the burial grounds. That's what you did last year. I know, and they look terrific. I must admit, I do like the idea of some rustic dancing. And then games and things. It's something for the whole community to enjoy. I mean, it's not original. Oh, well, don't be modest, Eric. It's so charming. <laughs> look, it's easy to throw money around and get excited about rustic dancing. Well, I'll say it is. Eric, you've been a tremendous help. I'll have to do my bit. Next Friday, we'll throw the biggest and bestest fate this island has ever seen. A new era Hope in piffling. Hope piffling. So I may wear? Just checking. Shall I leave? I hope you know what you're doing, Mr. Chairman. Well, you're in charge, bloody hell. Local events are your district. What? All those What's in favour? Ah! All opposed. I have many things Overruled. to say. Overruled. Motion carried. Chapman! His world had once again become an increasingly scary place. There was only one thing left to do. He burst into fun funerals. George! Yep. We're emigrating. Fair enough. Why too? Don't care. So long as nobody's heard of it. San Marino? That'll do. Antigone! Pack your bags! We're moving to San Marino! Where's San Marino? Italy. Italy. I'm great at Italian. Done. Let's get moving. Yes, you two, madam. Hang on. Why are we moving to San Marino? Because they're after me. They're after you. They will be. Who, when, and why? Everyone. Next week, when the village fate I organise falls apart, which it will do. They put you in charge of the fate. People are meant to enjoy those. Thank you, Georgie. I know. How did that happen? One word. Should return to college. Chapman probably won't know. Shows up the <laughs> Is there two minutes? And suddenly I'm meant to be arranging the first village fate we've had in 11 years? Of course, 
He must have done it knowing that you'd fail. Last nail in the coffin. My God, the absolute cunning of a man. Are you caressing yourself? <laughs> no, shut up. You know, this is serious, Rudyard. You're going to call his bluff. You want me to actually organise a pet? Yes, and in the process, you're going to win us back some much required good, good publicity. I got it. It's just got people standing around the field having fun for an afternoon. How difficult can it be? Take When was the last time I had fun doing anything? I can't remember. No, 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 nor can I. Now, Georgie can speak Italian, we're moving to San Marino. It's the smallest country in the world. What's the smallest? Vatican City. We'll go there. Right, <laughs> This island hasn't held a fate ever since you effectively banned them 11 years ago. All you need to do is stage an even half-decent knees up, and they'd probably enjoy it. What about the games? The stalls? I hope there's some rustic dancing. Rajan, other people do those things for you. Prescription. Volunteering. <laughs> Put someone in charge of a relay race, another in charge of a coconut shard. Get shopkeepers to run their own stalls. And ask the Piffling Philharmonic to provide the music for the rustic dancing. Boom. Instant fame. Pass out enough liquor to get everyone hammered and you're away. But if everyone's drunk, they won't enjoy the relay race. They'll enjoy it more. Trust <laughs> me. You could just delegate tasks and keep things to schedule. You love doing that. It's practically the only thing you're any good at. I do like spreadsheets. <laughs> Antigone could be a fortune teller. Excuse me, are you insane? Every fair needs a fortune teller. <laughs> no, Madeline, I hate raffles. But you <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. I've got to embalm Basil Corbett. Do you know how many gallons of fluid it'll have to drain from a man that size? Possibly thousands. That's a ridiculous lie. But you're going to be a fortune teller. Why me? Because A, you'll be sitting in a gloomy tent all day, and B, you can transfer into the works of Eric Chapman. The tall people, bad luck, comes to those who do business with a tall dark stranger. He's not that tall. Or dark. Uh, okay, don't do business with a medium height blonde chap. Just <laughs> make sure people are too superstitious to come here. And what's Georgie going to do? Georgie, name a thing people like. Carousel. Build me one. Oh, <laughs> I'm great at building carousels. Excellent. Well, I think I might enjoy this. Ah! The Vatican doesn't have a carousel! <laughs> Rudyard was actually wrong about that. The Vatican, in fact, has five. But over several days, he delegated, organised, and even managed to smile at people though he was strictly taken aside and advised never to do it again. By Wednesday morning, there was just one person he'd yet to approach. And I'm deeply sorry to hear about your husband's passing, Mrs. Turner. I'm not. He used to eat cockroaches. <laughs> well then. But I am looking forward so much to the funeral, Mr. Chapman. You always lay on such an amusing funeral. And you try to put the fun in funerals. It's, it's the way everyone comes together and has such a jolly time. It can get very lonely around here, you know. Can it, Mrs. Turner? My neighbour, Mrs. Carnegie, met a fancy man at one of your funerals. Oh, did she really? I wish I were, Mrs. Carnegie. Well, you, you will be, Mrs. Turner, you will be. Chapman, oh, Rudyard, what a surprise. Good morning, Mr. Fan. Morning, Mrs. Turner. Oh, don't smile. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what can we do for you today, Rudyard? Fancy a funeral? That's all right. Uh, no, you can put the vase down. Which one? No. <clears throat> I don't care. Well, that'll call its funeral in a couple of hours, so let's keep this short. The fate. Friday. Might be too busy. 
I'm not too busy. Well, maybe not interested. I am interested. Maybe you're too busy. I'm still not too busy. <laughs> but if that wasn't the case, then I was going to Richard, say... I'd love to be involved. Well, that, that cafe you asked the council about four days ago, I suppose you've already built, stopped and opened it by now? I have, actually. Would you like a cappuccino? No, thank you. <laughs> In that case, you can provide refreshments at the fete, can't you? If you'd like me to. That sounds enthusiastic. Richard, I'd be thrilled to provide refreshments at your village fete on Friday. All right, all right. Do I need your life story? Captain, <laughs> 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 refreshments. There. Set to go. Oh, consider me incredibly impressed. I just need a sharp, coordinating brain, that's all. Got one of those, you see. <laughs> I have to say, I'm looking forward to it. I know funerals are a great excuse to get outdoors and socialise, but it's, it's good to have other options. <laughs> Socialising would take up ten minutes on what you do. No, perpetual scheduled activity. That's the way. Universe. Relay race, sack race, three-legged race, tea and cakes, like a wall, fancy dress, and rustic dance. With coconut shy, cake and bake, jumps a baked bean bath, and guess the weight of the reverend. Well, top work, Richard, top work, very traditional. What do you mean by that? <laughs> by what? You said very traditional. Yes, it's, it's you know, it's very traditional. That's all. I don't mean that's all, that's all, I just mean that's all I'm saying. That's all. It's traditional. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I think you put together a really strong event. It's a good old Hi everyone, welcome to this, the second uh, recording of our Wooden Overcoats live shows, which were recorded in front of a live audience uh, at the Horse and Stables in Waterloo. <laughs> And these are very special, these recordings. They were the first time that any of us on the team, uh, any of the writers, any of the people involved in the show, actually got a chance to hear whether people were laughing. And for us, you know, that was that was extraordinary. We'd, we'd, we'd pull this stuff together in the studio, we'd, we'd done the read-through to the scripts, but this was the first time ever that an audience came in, sat down, and laughed at the gags. And you'll hear they really did laugh at some of the gags. Now these are these are very unique shows. They're a very different experience to what you hear on the podcast, and a very wonderful thing for that. Yes, Mrs. Pettigrew, it's got to be dramatic. A seven-legged race. You heard me. Oh, hang on, I've got Jerry on the other line. Uh, now look here. Jerry! I'm on the mobile. Yes, in the vicar's bathroom. Right yard. Yes. Hey, could you scrub my back for me? <laughs> Fine. Oh, yeah. Lift a bit. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Jerry, can't, can't you think of something better than a bake sale? Uh, yes, I, I know I liked it yesterday, but now I need something more exciting. Like an artillery range, oh. just thinking about it. Uh, Radia? Yes? Could you pass with the tower? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Smiley! The coconut shy. What if the coconuts could fight back? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Keep them on their toes, wouldn't it? Oh, uh, your tower reference. Oh, I'll take that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, it's Mrs. Pettigrew again. What? Five-legged for 
race. What's your ambition? I won't have any less than seven. And uh, I want obstacles on the racetrack. Uh, potholes, man traps, tunnels, maybe. Rudyard, yes. you can have the towel back now. Right. And this one. <laughs> Are we still on for the funeral this afternoon? Oh, uh, no, it's been delayed. Oh, day off. Super. Uh, <laughs> now, okay, Mr. Burnside. About your Punch and Judy sir, show, uh, children need to know that violence actually hurts. Well, that's slapstick stuff. I want to see real agony when the crocodile eats Mr. Punch in the screaming, writhing, like <laughs> blood. Something they'll remember. Well, won't be long, Reverend. I'll tell them. Well, fine! I run my own seven-legged race, Mrs. Pettigrew. Hello, everyone. Uh, if you're all queuing to make a telephone call, I didn't think he'll be very long. Put some clothes on. <laughs> it's my house. <laughs> it felt to me unseemly to loiter in an ecclesiastical bathroom uninvited, so I decided to leave Rudyard to his negotiations and scoot it back to fun funerals, where I found Antigone was practicing her fortune-telling. Your name is... Your name is... Georgie Crusoe. God, how did you do? <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, with someone else, it should be very impressive. Correctly guessing a total stranger's name. Yes. That would be impressive. Thank you. How are you going to do it? Sure. <laughs> Okay, skip the fortune bit. Tell me what my fortune holds. And remember, always tell them what they want to hear. Yes, yes, right. Uh, I can see, um, I can see a man, or a, a woman, <laughs> a cat, a dog, a cat and a dog, a book. No. <laughs> what do you want then? A helicopter. <laughs> I meant to know that. God's sake. You're the psychic. I'm not a psychic. <laughs> You're not trying hard enough. Hey, bend these spoons. No more spoons! <laughs> you want a fortune? All I can see are a million paths rolling and stretching into the infinite abyss. No matter which one we choose, they will end the same way. And the best life lives the one we never tried. Antigone. What? Helicopters. <laughs> Get back to your side of the table. <laughs> He's done it again! Oh, why do I have to live here? What's our angel now? Actually done it again. Every step of the way, your boyfriend's there in this grueling game of mental chess. He is not my boyfriend. Well, he should be, damn it. We need a spy on the inside. Get over there and sabotage something! Fine. <sighs> <laughs> Now look here. This is the funeral phone. The mobile is the faint phone. So if you want to discuss the fate, I have to go all the way back to the victim's bathroom. What? Okay, very well, I'll be waiting. I knew it wouldn't last. Your mood. You seemed cheerful this morning. It was very unnerving. The whole thing planned to the last detail. When he had to cast his entropic gaze over everything, and whoosh, whole thing up in smoke. Do I still have to be a fortune teller? That smoke shall rise a phoenix. Let me tell you, the phoenix will rise and who will be laughing then? You haven't laughed since I've read grandfather died. Well, nothing can top that. 
But rest assured, Antigone, our fate is going to be a spectacular success, or my name isn't. Now look her! What? No, Jerry, there is nothing extreme about a Beck sale. You can paint the word on the sign as often as you want. It doesn't make it true. What? Well, fine, leave that way. No one should you can stick your cakes. Yes, extremely. <laughs> I ask you. Roger, the fate is in less than 48 hours, and we've got Basil Corbett's funeral this afternoon. I what? Well, I called up the family and made up a story about, well, then, um, reorganising the fate, that sort of thing. How did they react? Well, they weren't very happy. But? No, that's it. They weren't very happy. <laughs> so, how many attractions does your fate have? Is your fortune telling? Yes. George's carousel? Yes. That's more than we had last year. Inexplicable. You know, I can actually see your future. What? Mm. And it involves this crystal ball getting shoved straight up your brook. Gorgeous weather, isn't it? I just passed Georgie on the way over. Never mind about that. What do you want? I hope this isn't a bad time. Why would you think it's a bad time? Stop slamming that phone down, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> no, look up! What? Uh, well then, we shall do without the band. Thanks for having me. Yes, well, if I do drop dead, then I'm in the right place for it. Goodbye! <laughs> Problems? <laughs> no. We just have to be imaginative with our rustic dancing, that's all. Can we help you? We? Hello. Oh, God. Sorry, I keep getting sorry. You're, just, you're always standing in the shadows. The shadows protect me. Look, Richard, I want to apologise. Apologise? I don't know what it was when you came over this morning. I said something to offend you and it's made you throw away all your hard work. Mr. Chapman, I've no idea what gave you that impression, but I can assure you... Mrs. Pettigrew popped over for a coffee. She said if he wants a seven-legged race, he can whistle for it. Joke's on her, but I can't whistle. <laughs> and the joke's on you, really, but putting that aside, <laughs> I thought I'd try and make things up to you. Really? How? Very big of you, I'm sure, but it's not the least bit necessary to give us any... You don't look up! What? Too dangerous? Bunging, jumping off of the lighthouse. Children love doing that. 50p a go, you can't beating it. Beat it. <laughs> no, the paddling pool's not good enough. And the same to you. <laughs> what had you in mind, Mr. Chapman? <laughs> well, in addition to providing all the refreshments at the faith, I'll throw in something extra. I just installed my chocolate fountain and it works like a dream. We'll have a guy going at the fate and we'll give out all you can eat chocolate treats to everyone who wants them. Free of charge, how about that? Mm. I was rather banking on you sorting out myself and making a Richard! But a chocolate fountain would make for a very nice centerpiece for the whole thing. Very nice indeed. Fair enough, Mr. Chapman! It's a deal. And. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't hear that. <laughs> You? <laughs> hey, don't mention it. I'm just glad I was able to help her. Now look here. <laughs> what? When? I, I see you're something. <laughs> <laughs> that was your secretary, Mr. Chapman. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, apparently somebody has just sabotaged your chocolate fat. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, sir, mission complete. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Hello, Georgie. Hello. Get up, Georgie. 
lonely. Perhaps <laughs> <coughs> this is what Piffling Vale's all about, and it's it's just been staring me in the face. <laughs> Don't say that, Mr. Mayor. If only we could do something with what we've, what we've got here. What can you do with lots of empty old tables? I've got it. I know what we can do. Desmond, with your permission, I'd like to try a little something, and I've got a feeling it might just work. There's still time to turn this whole event around. Well, then, with the authority invested in me, I ask you to give it your best shot. As of this moment, Eric, our fate. Desmond, glad you enjoyed it. 
How, how much have, have you enjoyed it? It's been a fantastic oh, conversation. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> fantastic, thank you. Rudyard, do you know what this chap did? Yeah. <laughs> It's a cracking idea. Really got everyone involved. I mean, oh, sorry, I uh, <clears throat> I can't stick around. There's nothing wrong, is there? Oh, no, 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 no. Matter of fact, I'm um, well, I'm going on a date. You're going on what? Hello, everyone. <laughs> Glorious day, I, uh, Desmond. I booked us a table for six o'clock. It's Italian night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, incredibly pleasing. TTFN, everyone. See you all on Sunday. Have a good one, you two. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> and that's your lot, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Great Piffling Speed Date, and you've been amazing. Have a good evening. Oh, whoa, whoa. you all stopped suddenly, didn't you? <laughs> Just seems so in sync, it's great. Oh, they're all getting on anyway. Well, I suppose we better get a shift on. Uh, Georgie? Yeah? I... Jo oh, lost someone. Georgie, oh, there she is. Georgie? <laughs> I was wondering if you were a free, we could, uh... Nah. Not bothered. Oh. Oh, right. <laughs> no, that's fine, uh... <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> Um... Lady Templar? Chambers! I don't suppose you care... Yes, I would! <laughs> <laughs> well then, enjoy yourselves! to this licentious nonsense? No. No, I didn't. I wouldn't even know where to begin. The times were changing in Piffling Vale. One man refused to change with them. Rudyard, in fact, resigned from the village council. But they sadly didn't take any notice. You see, they just appointed their new vice chairman who brought along his chocolate fountain to celebrate. <laughs> Tempting Fate was written by David K. Barnes and was performed tonight by Felix Trench as Rudyard, Beth Eyre as Antigone, Tom Crowley as Eric, Kira Baxanel as Georgie, Pip Gladwell as the Mayor, Andy Seacombe as Reverend Wavering, Celeste Dring as Lady Templar, and Ellie Dickens as Madeline. The programme, which was absolutely live, was directed and produced by Andy Goddard and John Wakefield. <laughs>
Valley making out. They come back in two weeks' time. Monday, the 2nd of November, we shall be joined with uh, sketch comedian and fellow human being Max Alaska to episodes 5 and 6 of All Know the Coats. Now, if you enjoyed what you heard here tonight, then please, please do subscribe to us on iTunes or listen to us at our website, www.wouldanotcoats.com. Every Thursday, the new episodes are released. And if you really, really, my God, life was empty until this moment, enjoyed us, then please, please do tell your friends. Put it on Twitter, put it in your wills. <laughs> and, more people, and more people who know who we are, and the more people who know who we are, and everybody wins. In the meantime, please, get out, get yourself some drinks, repopulate the species, but whatever you do, don't forget us, because we certainly will never forget you. Aww. This has been Wooden Overcoast, the most erotic sitcom online. Good night and enjoy yourselves. The Wooden Overcoats live shows were recorded in front of a live audience at the Horse and Stables Pub Theatre in Waterloo, London.